0: Why on earth did the Guardians trade Nolan Jones? You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby. Freelance baseball writer and podcaster, thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're probably part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I want this to be your show. If you have show ideas, questions for Monday's mailbag, anything like that, tons of ways to get them to us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Lockdown Farm. We have an email, Discord, subtext, tons of ways to turn those in. Hopped on with Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies for today's show. Uh, the Rockies season is essentially over, but they've had some of the breakouts at the Major League level. Ezekiel Tovar, Brenton Doyle's given good defense. Nolan Jones has looked phenomenal in the outfield, as well as some interesting players in the minors and some guys going into the Arizona Fall League. So, enjoy cold open
1: there it is there we go a little tech magic there finally got it all figured out here crossover episode between locked on rockies and locked on mlb prospects today we are looking at the rockies rookies what they did this year how excited we should be about them plus There was a shakeup in the minor leagues, so we got to talk about that and also take a look at the fact that, hey, this team made some moves for some arms. Maybe there's pitchers to talk about or at least depth there, and I got to ask Lindsey an important question of what is the fall league, why does it matter, and who are the Rockies we should be watching? But Lindsey Crosby, host of Lockdown MLB Prospects, is here, and Lindsey, that Ronald Acuna guy, he's pretty good at baseball, huh? Yeah, he's not bad. He's not bad at all. Oh, man. I, I tell you, some of my biggest episodes this year were me just lamenting that uh, the Braves were a lot better than the Rockies. And Braves <laughs> fans would always just come out and be like, hey, love the pod. Couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> and It was basically me just saying the Braves are really high and really good. The Rockies, not so much. But one thing for the Rockies and and, and something that I think was really encouraging this year is... Two, two young guys especially, but a lot of rookies got to play for the Rockies this year and have made significant contributions to the team. So overall, what are your views of the major le- the rookies the Rockies had and the players at the major league level? We'll go lower here in a little bit, but but I want to talk Tovar. I want to talk Jones. I want to talk Doyle. Overall, take the record out of it. How Are you impressed? Are you disappointed by the young guys with the Rockies? What do you think?
0: So, for the most part, I'm impressed. For Tovar, that's a, a scenario where started the year off, wasn't doing a whole lot of hitting. But you look at where he is right now, uh, he gave you very, very good defense. I mean, was it 97th percentile defense? As far as outs above average, arm strength, fielding percentage, all of that. And then, two was it 257, 292, 417? Leading the so, team in RBI lead the team in RBIs. Like, the power production wasn't necessarily there. He didn't walk a ton, but he successfully showed he can be a contributing major leaguer in ways that are not just his glove. Because we knew the glove was good, right? Like, we knew he could play good defense, but he kept the defense going while also giving you offensive contributions. And if there's a... Yes, it's an 81 OPS, but... at OPS plus. But at shortstop, especially, you know there you don't have to have 120 ops plus to be positive and Zigatovar had a good year
1: not as good of a year as nolan jones had though oh my gosh he's got to be one of the sleeper stories of i mean he's lost in his his rookie of the year campaign is lost in the rockies record right i mean because if he was on a team that was fighting, if say the Rockies are fighting for a postseason thing, I don't think he overtakes Corbin Carroll. I'm not saying that he is the rookie of the year, but I'm saying more people are talking about Nolan Jones. He's definitely
0: getting votes if he's on a team that's probably not Cleveland. Yeah, and er, Colorado. And it's something where he was a top prospect with Cleveland and it didn't work out. And everybody just kind of forgot that, you know, he used to be a top prospect for a reason, right? Like the tools are there. It just took him a little bit longer to come into them and a change of scenery than it does for a lot of other guys. But I mean, batted almost 300 this year. Like what more could you have wanted from uh, from an outfielder who was like falling down the prospect rankings that you got for almost nothing, right? Like 292, 387, 540 slug with 20 home runs, And just as almost as many outfield assists. It's, it's the kind of thing that if he was playing somewhere besides collar, like if he was playing in LA, you just seen him on sports center every third night Mm -hmm. because he's, he's hitting bombs. He's throwing guys out at the plate. It's, it's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, and and he's doing at that, that rate of less appearances as well, mind you. Nolan Jones had to come back up with this team. He didn't get as much time with this team at the beginning of the year. He had to he had to come back up, and with the Rockies kind of sending up and down. But when the Rockies fully pivoted away from from veterans on expiring contracts, and and since handed the keys to Nolan Jones. It, he is is he the one to be the most excited about do, do you think the ceiling is is higher for for Jones or is this really the should we really even be looking at it this way should we just be more excited that both Tovar and Jones have, have if this is the baseline I'm pretty excited for where it can go from here
0: yeah to me it's something where I think you're more excited about Nolan Jones because he showed both offensively and defensively that he's a contributor uh, Ezekiel Tovar understanding the age right like there's some caveats there where we know he's one of the youngest players in the majors and he's going to grow into some more of that power you're going to see that slug come up from 417 just as he gets his man strength to him Nolan Jones was something where again he cost you almost nothing and he worked out better than you could have ever hoped for I mean a 292 batting average is really good for like that's that plays on every single team never mind uh like it, it's, I think Jones kind of showed you the ceiling is higher. Tovar showed you the floor was not as low as you expected, and there's plenty of projectable ceiling. Jones showed you that the floor is higher and the ceiling is really high as well. And then that's not even getting to Brenton Doyle, who showed you everything but the offense. And that's another one, like you can imagine, if he puts it together offensively, as far as hitting breaking balls and hitting off speed pitches, you all of a sudden have this. Uh, this trio of really young, very very talented breakout players—that's the core of the next competitive Rockies team.
1: And let's let's go there. Let's go to that next level because I think Jones and Tovar are the the stars of this year. And I think Brenton Doyle would be there if it wasn't for the fact that offense has been a blight for him. Really, for most of it, he's 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 shown a nice flash here lately especially with a couple of home runs here towards the end of the season and i think uh uh lrs montero falls into that category as well someone who was i mean this team looking for an identity for this guy and and not playing him, and now they are and it's like hey this guy's got the thump so where do you come down on brenton doyle and, and montero and with the montero thing how much does the switch to first base impact montero for chris bryant so for i guess Doyle first. He showed us that physically he is as
0: talented as we thought he was, and offensively, it's not something that can't be worked on. Right, like the issue that Brenton Doyle really had, if you break it down and you look into it, was he like he did okay against fastballs. I don't think he was actually that great, but he did he held his own against fastballs. But it was something where breaking pitches and off speed pitches, he's swinging and missing forty something percent of the time on both. Right, and it's something where that like that can be improved. The pitch recognition can be improved. Is he going to be is he going to hit 292 like Nolan Jones? Probably never, but is he going to do better than he than his 195? He showed that he has it in him and when you look at all of the quality of contact metrics as far as when he actually makes contact, it's pretty good, right? The the his barrel percentage is still f- like 51st percentile despite his batting average being so low and everything. Like, he's making good quality contact. He's just not making contact enough. And so, like, he showed you that there are things to like. There obviously is work to be done. But if you can unlock even 80% of his offensive potential, you have a, you know, a, a solid middle to back half of the order hitter that can also, oh, by the way, give you 99th percentile range and arm strength and defense in center field. And so, like, the At only arm... field, mind you yeah of course field the only arm stronger than brenton doyle's in the outfield is nolan jones's arm in the outfield and so like you just have you have two guys that can cover a ton of ground and can throw anybody out at any base at any given time and it doesn't hurt that one of them's already hitting fantastically and the other one has the potential to get there if you can just iron some stuff out so like it it's a great core for Montero. i think that going to first base it's Defensively, obviously, it's a move down the spectrum and it's a move down on value. But I think what it does now is it gives you the ability to uh, take Bryant and move him around and, one, use some of that versatility. But then also, you don't necessarily need to lock him into playing either a corner outfield spot because you've got Jones or a corner infield spot because now you have people to play first and third. And you can kind of give him his rest days. You can DH him some you can work him in the lineup when he's comfortable and when he's not fall back to that dh thing it's going to help him stay in the lineup more uh, it it's probably you're probably going to lose a little bit of contribution by having montero at solely at first but it's something where it helps bryant stay in the lineup for 40 50 more games a year it's totally worth it
1: and does that does that mean michael tolia's on the way out that's the hard part and that's that's something he doesn't fit like because my big thing and maybe we'll let's 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 put a pin in that and let's dive into it as we go into the minor league systems and and we'll dive into that coming up here in our our second uh uh segment here so let me tell you about some of the great people that help make this show possible, and that includes Sleeper. Sleeper is your revolutionary home for daily fantasy, and maybe you're watching the Braves, maybe you're coming up and you're like, that Ronald Acuna guy's gonna get a hit. Well, you can get on top of that and all sorts of other great action at Sleeper, and get a hundred times your first deposit when you do a hundred dollar match here. When you use our promo code uh, Locked On, all you got to do is use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. But like we said, all you got to do pick more or less on stats for like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more, and you can get a hundred times your payout on Sleeper. Don't miss out today. You can see this terms of use and more at Sleeper. Dot com Use that promo code locked on today. This is the Locked On Podcast Network. We are free and streaming on your favorite streaming services. I'm on the Locked On Rockies YouTube channel. I'm Paul Holden. That's Lindsey Crosby. He's covering every single farm system, all the way down to the international leagues and everything. Lindsey Crosby has you covered here with the Locked On MLB prospects. He's also, I believe, you also cover... Auburn baseball and Braves baseball, correct?
0: Yes, I write for Sports Illustrated covering Auburn baseball. So that's college baseball, obviously, and then covering the Atlanta Braves. And it's always fun at the beginning of the year to try to divide that and make sure I'm adequately covering them both. I'm getting help this year. So, but <laughs> well, but yes, it's 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 a lot of watching baseball in my house.
1: Yeah, and you get to watch even more baseball here as the uh, the, the postseason rolling on. Lindsey is going to be getting, keeping you covered here on all things. Uh, lots of stuff. Uh, on the network here but we were talking a little bit b- before the break about Michael Tolia and his role on this roster and and not being able to fit in maybe going forward and I and I wanted to elaborate on that is is this a m- a moment where we might see the Rockies move on from from Tolia or even Montero still it's so you're in that weird scenario of they're not very expensive
0: Right? Like these are young cost controlled assets. The question is, are they more valuable to you sitting on your bench in your, you know, in your AAA or playing every, in Tuggie's case, p- playing every fourth day? Or are they more valuable to take that roster spot and give it to somebody else? And that's kind of, that's kind of the hard thing. Tugley to me feels kind of like Nolan Jones did where former top prospect, he's kind of fallen out of favor. I still think you're going to find somebody who's going to look at him and say, we think we can fix him. We're going to try to see if Colorado will trade him to us for something and see if we can fix him. Kind of like how the Rockies said, yeah, we'll take Nolan Jones. We have an idea of what to do, and obviously it worked. Sometimes guys just need that change of scenery, and it's not something we really understand. Uh, I don't see them necessarily deciding to move on from him intentionally and not tendering him a contract. But I do see if somebody comes calling and offers an asset for him, them saying, you know, of all of the guys that we have that's expendable, he might be the one because we haven't seen him grade out positively from an offensive perspective or a defensive perspective. And at least everybody else is giving us one or the other.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting thing and something to watch. But uh, we, we focused on the major league ready guys there in, in the first segment. Let's dive into the minors. And. The Rockies had they brought up one of their most exciting guys. He's been with the club now, I think for it's got to be like I feel like three weeks now. Hunter Goodman's been up with the team, and then we have uh, Yankeel Fernandez who has just been tearing it up. What can you tell us about these guys? And and what what was it about Hunter Goodman? The Rockies were so excited to have him play uh, with them to to finish out the season. Was it just the fact that he was tearing it up?
0: I think part of it's just how hot he was, and then part of it too is the versatility right so he's been playing for space he's been playing outfield he started off as a catcher and hasn't done a lot of that this season but ha- like, he's a great guy to have because he can be your emergency catcher if something happens I think he caught maybe 13 games this year out of his, his entire time in the minors so something where he can give you play at first base he can give you play in it in this case He played I think right field in the majors he was playing a lot of left field in double a and then some of both in triple a but He's that, he gives you that versatility and that profile of a guy, a corner guy, whether it's infield or outfield, who has some power, and like for 400 Goodman, it's, yes, there's strikeouts there, but it's not excessive, right? I think he struck out 115 times in 106 games, so not anything egregiously terrible, still walked 45 times, Oh yeah, oh yeah, he also hit like 34 home runs, and so... He showed that the power is real, and at the major league level, we haven't seen, I think he's hit one home run. He's also had three triples. So, like, he's shown the tools are there. Give him some time for it to click, and you're looking at, all of a sudden, you may have figured out your entire outfield in the span of one season. You know, it's it's a completely different outfield from who you had the year before, but... This was the perfect kind of timing as far as he got 22 games. He'll still have rookie eligibility for next year. So if it does click and he has a Nolan Jones type year and the team's in contention, maybe there's rookie of the year votes involved. So I I like the idea of telling Hunter Goodman, hey, we're not going to worry about you catching right now, but we know it's a skill set if we need it for an emergency. And in the meantime, we're going to let you come up, play some corner outfield, rotate into first base where everybody else is until we can figure out who's going to stay there. And uh, just continue to hit bombs, flash your your tools, your speed, your arm, things like that.
1: Yeah, and well, you know, with catching, too, with Drew Romo being the next, you know, going is supposed to be the big catching guy. I can't imagine they want to put too much emphasis on, on Hunter Goodman catching. If he can fill other roles and the Rockies can continue to just go with their veteran battery of, of Elias Diaz and, and Austin wins. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily too outside of the realm of possibility for the Rockies. What can you tell me about uh, for, Fernandez? I mean, he if he, he has popped up all, all over. He, he has really rocketed it up. Uh, the, the the prospect charts for the Rockies. What what can you tell us about him, and and what should we be excited about for him, and, and and the roles he could play for the Rockies?
0: So one of the big things is everybody's kind of concerned because of some of the ballparks that he plays in, and and is that power real? And I think the thing that the Rockies saw is so 2019 IFA out of Cuba, but all of the stuff that he does uh, outside of the the stat line, right? So the like all that stuff is real. His average exit velocity was like 91 miles an hour. His uh, 90th percentile exit velocity is like 108th. And he's got a little bit of swing and miss, a little bit of chase, but nothing's bad. And he's not striking out a ton. And so it was it, it was a guy who looked to be power at the expense of everything else. And now it's, no, it looks like he actually is going to be a pretty decent hitter. I mean, he batted 265 between single A, high A, and double A. 265, 313, 486, 25 home runs, uh, another corner guy. So you do ha- you're starting to kind of stack up on the corner outfield options, but a guy who again has a good arm, an asset you need in the ballpark. It really feels like let's make sure that these guys have some of the extra tools, and then if they can start to produce offensively, we now look like we have an outfield that can not only help us score runs, but can also help us take away runs. He's not an amazing runner, but he's a decent enough defender where, uh, you know, the plus arm plus the okay defense means he can score you some runs. He can also keep some off the board by gunning guys out at the plate or at third. And it feels like that's a little bit of a different dynamic. You know, that you're not going to outslug everybody in course field. So anything you can do to take runs off the board would be great as well. And that kind of feels like this is what he is now. He's like a classic power hitting corner outfielder. We're just going to load up on these types and make sure that they can contribute defensively, unlike what a lot of guys usually end up doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, it just seems like the log jam will happen in, in the outfield here. Eventually, they're going to have mm-hmm. to figure something out as, uh, because we're going to talk a little bit about this in segment number three, Zach Veen you know, hopefully on the, on the horizon and Benny Montgomery as well. uh, Two big uh, outfield prospects as well. Uh, Before we go to break, is there anything of note from the pitchers that the Rockies brought in at the trade deadline? I mean, again, not they weren't, they weren't blow your socks off prospects, but the Rockies added a whole bunch of pitching into their farm system. And for them, that can't be a bad thing. Yeah. It's always something where a lot of these guys that, that we've seen have
0: it, it took some adjustments when they got into the system, right? Just trying to adjust to a new organization. Obviously, they're young guys, but also some of the, the demands of these are the minor league parks you play in. These are some of the, the the issues that you face with that. But I like the group. And then they've also gotten really good um, just debut in the organization since then from one of the draft picks, Cole Kerrig as well, 2023 second rounder played some shortstop in center field. They're converting him to catcher. And he came out like OPS over a thousand in his limited time after the draft. So they've brought in a lot of guys recently, whether it's trades, whether it's the draft who have started producing pretty quickly. And so you have to feel good about going forward in the future with some of these guys, like a Carson Palmquist or a Gabriel Hughes, or in this case, like a Cole
1: Kerrig. Yeah, there's I'm 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 intrigued to see how it goes. And I'm intrigued to see how the Rockies handle the trade deadline next year as well with, with with what this team will look like there. But let's look to the fall and then I have a surprise sneak question I'm going to sneak on you here in the last segment, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you what it is. Uh, but we're going to talk fall league, get a quick crash course in that, in the players going there and what they need to do in the fall league. But Before we do that, gotta tell you about our friends here at DoorDash. If you're missing the syrup for your pancakes, if you have missed that key ingredient you need for that date night dinner well doordash has you covered because they deliver groceries now too you've trusted doordash to deliver your restaurant favorites and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too with thousands of local groceries of grocery stores to choose from you'll find the best in your neighborhood and best and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or DoorDash makes it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. And you can even get more value when you check out the Dash Pass, Dash Pass membership and they can uh, check out all of the offers available to you at DoorDash and get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Limited time offer terms do apply, but that's 50% off to $20, no minimum subtotal, and no and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONMLB, don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONMLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Paul Holden here, joined by Lindsey Crosby on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Rockies host, Paul Holden, I should say, for that. And, of course, host of Locked On MLB Prospects, Lindsey Crosby. Lindsey, I want you to give me the brief crash course on the fall league. Who to watch? What is it? Who do we need to watch? And what do the Rockies players need to handle at uh, at this point in their development that are going to be participating in the league?
0: Quick primer on the Arizona Fall League. Owned by MLB, each team in the Arizona Fall League gets their players from five different MLB organizations. The coaching staffs are made up of minor league coaches from those same organizations. And so it's a chance to get, one, uh, your, your prospects into a different environment. Sometimes just moving environments almost serves like a change of scenery for them. It's a chance to get them like an outside set of eyes on them to see if there's something maybe that you've missed that another coach can pick up. And it's a chance for them to kind of almost have a reset. They get to come in they get six weeks of games to see if they can improve the things that they weren't doing well this year or just make up for lost time. Sterling Thompson's one of the guys who's going there for the Rockies. He had, I think it was an elbow injury. And so he missed like a month and a half of the year. So he was a guy who we needed to see him tap into more power. He did that this year. The, and then this is something where he needs more at-bats with this swing that he tweaked to try to unlock more power. So he'll get a chance to do that in the Arizona Fall League. Like, by contrast, Benny Montgomery is somebody who uh, didn't make enough contact this year, right? We 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 know that he's super toolsy. He really good defense. We needed him to be able to be more consistent at the plate. This is a chance for him to go into a pretty decent hitting environment. They're out in the desert, so it's dry and it's warm. Uh, A decent hitting environment for him to hopefully have six weeks of making better contact. Drew Romo, this is somebody where, you know, a little bit young for the level in Hartford. He he held his own, but he needs to try to get the ball in the air more. And he needs to pull the ball a little bit more. uh, And then he he really needs to do better against lefties. And so all of these guys, they now... They've had a chance to die, like break down their seasons, what went right, what went wrong. And now they've got six weeks to go show you that they can work on those things in the fall league with really good quality instruction and around other top prospects.
1: In a, kind of a moment to kind of show that they can handle the adversity of the game as well, the ebbs and yeah. flows, the ups and downs. Can yeah. you make the adjustments that you need to? And I'm glad that it's really good to keep playing that level of that that high level of competition especially in those cases of players that have missed time uh due to injury my sneak question here right under the gun because we're getting close to the end of the episode here because we've talked a lot about the outfield we talked about outfield prospects we've talked about power hitting corner outfielders being a, a key part of the identity for the rockies would you resign charlie blackman to a one-year deal if charlie blackman
0: wants it if Charlie Blackman wants the one year deal, I'm going to give him the one year deal because he's been part of the franchise for a long time. Um, but
1: um, you can't go two years. You can't go two yeah, I, I feel like it can't, you can go it can't a be more than one. And an, a, um, a team option for N- for the next year. But I don't think he takes that because the reports are he wants two to three years. And I don't know who's going to be giving Charlie Blackman a three year deal at this point. But I could see the Rockies entertaining a two year deal, but I, I don't love it.
0: Let me throw out what if you do a a one year deal with a vesting option that once he hits certain production or playtime milestones, it automatically vests for that second year gives you a little bit of insurance, gives him the ability to to show that he still has it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to that, but does that block the Rockies ability to get playing time to the key players they're they've, they've been able to make it work with blackman's return from the il and bryant both Bra- blackman and bryant returning from il here they're really key veterans that factor into the playing time of, of some of these future players does it does does it do more harm than good you think for for those players or does charlie blackman not only his performance but his mentorship his leadership and being Another Mr. Rocky. I mean, he is he is a guy synonymous with Rocky's baseball. Does that provide enough benefit for for that extension and for that deal? I think that it probably
0: makes it hard to work in a guy like a Michael Toglia if you bring back Charlie Blackman because you're using either a corner outfield spot or the DH spot, which you're already kind of you know kind of full on those, and you've been rotating guys through first base like Bryant Montero. Uh, I do think that veteran leadership helps. You really want to have like at least one respected veteran who can kind of come in, especially when you're bringing in a bunch of young players and say, hey, this is the way you're supposed to behave. This is how things work at the major league level. A lot of the Reds guys, a lot of the young Reds kids have talked about the influence of Joey Votto and how how much he helped them when they first came up and helping them learn, you know, learn how things work at the major league level, how to go about your business trips and do your business. So I do think the benefits outweigh the cons, but there is the acknowledgement that somebody's going to be left out. And if you bring back Blackman, it's probably somebody like Hunter Goodman who ends up losing in the long run because of just the lack of playing time for them, assuming everybody's healthy.
1: And we love Charlie Blackman, but just like this year, you're, if you're going to the trade deadline and you're 15 games out and whatever, it, it just comes to a moment of, there's we love him, but how many times can you turn to Charlie Blackman at-bats, especially if they're not overly productive i mean i i think we're gonna see a similar version of charlie blackman that we're getting now clearly he's got it in the tank the guy can still hit the ball we, mm-hmm. we know he can still hit the ball and the rockies have the dh so they don't have to uh hot you know really worry about that defense too much i'm just curious because he's he's uh he that's gonna be a big story of the offseason and it does have implications for the young guys lindsey any closing thoughts that we didn't get to or, or what you want to reiterate for some of these guys because amidst the rockies worst season ever which you know <laughs> loss wise it, it it is the worst season in rockies history yeah. we've been focusing on I, I, as much as we've been down on the team tovar and jones and the and the defense especially of doyle is really exciting one of the things that i'm most excited about is this team has potentially five gold gloves in its defense right now and that's a good foundation i mean give us a maybe a, maybe a positive or a negative just your closing thoughts on this young rockies team Uh, Because again, I think the one thing that we really can give props for, especially in our conversations, because we've talked about this before, this team moved at the deadline. And that's not what we've been able to talk about before. And I think that's a a key thing too, as we're keeping in mind 2023 in general. Mm -hmm. The the draft moves, the deadline moves have
0: all shown that they have a better long-term strategy for getting talent that's going to work in that ballpark. And you have a lot of corner outfield corner infield talent adele amador has looked fantastic and is probably the second baseman of the future right next to tovar and so it is very easy to see how you can have eight or nine of your positions on the field filled by guys with very good defense and some pretty decent offense at most of those positions within the next two years and all you have to work on and granted it's a big if but all you have to work on is getting the pitching to match this could be this team could be a future version of this year's Cincinnati Reds if everything breaks right, where you bring up a ton of young, exciting players and you end up being a surprise contender for the wild card a year early. Here's
1: hoping because it's been a long <laughs> year this year, and uh, but again, the young guys have been the reason to be excited, and we could be talking a whole lot more, uh, but we will we have a whole offseason coming up so this won't be the last uh we we hear from Lindsay here certainly but lindsey crosby of uh locked on mlb prospects where should they go so they stay up to date with your work and uh what you do
0: i'm on twitter at crosby baseball that's the hub for everything if you have questions for the monday mailbag send them to us the show's on
1: twitter i'm on twitter we have a discord all that fun stuff uh lo rockies on twitter if you want rockies coverage i'm paul holden 33 on there as well but folks Until next time, this has been a crossover event on the Locked On Podcast Network. And for Lindsey Crosby, I'm Paul Holden saying so long.